0: hello everyone welcome back to another edition of star sound speaks this is your host early on a samsara of star sound astrology episode 209 and i'm so excited because LOD is back LOD sent Ange coming in off the grid in newfoundland canada how do you like that <laughs> welcome back LOD.
1: hi how's it going
0: i'm so glad that you're here um wow um, especially we are deep obviously into eclipse season and um times of deep transformation. And I know that our last conversation we had about, it was about the future of AI and the internet. And it was such a, I'm getting chills just talking about it. It, uh, it. was such a deep conversation around uh, AI and, and it was very existential. So um, I'll put the link to that for everybody. If you haven't seen that, or you're new to the channel, um, you, you definitely want to hear this convo. Um, and so, um, yeah, anyway, um, just to say that, uh, I really always appreciate these these deep, profound conversations, and I think, especially in eclipse season and at Scorpio eclipses, we are definitely seeking that kind of. We have to go beyond the surface, and these conversations are are very very much assisting us. So so thank you, thank you for coming back and sharing wisdom. So thank um,
1: you, thank you for the platform. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you're welcome so um for those of you who don't know me you're new to the channel i'm early samsara i do hellenistic astrology blended with modern and um lod is um well i'll just read you her her bio uh, she is a french canadian astrologer born on the east co- coast of quebec or quebec as they would say it and is currently living on the island off the grid in new finland um, she writes horoscopes for astrograph and mountain astrologer, along with her private consulting she's a consulting astrologer. Uh, research, divination, teaching, astronomy. try that one on, uh, and the study <laughs> of various healing modalities are her main interest outside of simple living, communing with nature and animals in the most embodied ways possible. And her website, and I'll put the link below again, is um, www.ninthhouseastrology.com and the ninth is spelled number nine, ninthhouseastrology.com. So that's Elodie, that's just an introduction. So yeah, let's dive in. Thanks so much. So, you know, um, I know we were talking about, uh, wow, this, yes, we're in the midst of this, uh, going through the rapids of of this eclipse season. Um, and I'd like to talk about what's coming up for 2023. Kind of start the conversation going. Of course, we, we're both in our work going to be talking about this at great length throughout the year. But um, just to get the combo starting um, around what's going to be happening next year. But before we do, how are you doing with this eclipse season? I, I'm noticing a lot of things falling away. That you know, one moment they're there, and then it's like, oh no, game over. You know, that that immediate impact that an eclipse can bring but how how are you how are you doing with it
1: um personally so far good knocking on wood um i do think that the current square between saturn and uranus is playing out i see it playing out for a lot of people so there seems to be still a lot of dislodging to do even though eclipse bring that kind of momentum i feel like we're gonna see a lot of that dislodging finally kind of uh concluding in in the spring of 2023 that's Mm -hmm. my speculation because of mars you know mars retrograde right now ruling over the first eclipse and just kind of looking at what mars does it won't exit its shadow until you know the equinox so i feel like yeah there's a lot of things wanting to move uh obviously the fixed signs people who have a lot of fixed planets are the one kind of getting the grunt of it but because we're talking about fixed signs we're talking about like things that are very very deeply rooted so mm-hmm. uh, the, the process is not uh, I find hasn't been uh, as instantaneous as I would like and some you know my clients also what I've experienced people around me it seems that there's a bit of like a one step forward two step back That's kind back. of
0: right rhythm signs being for those of you new to astrology the fixed signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. So if you have planets or placements, you know, rising or especially rising or sun, but planets in those fixed signs, yeah, that's where you're feeling it. And you're right, it is. It's more of a, a process that with with fixed signs, it's, it's, it's takes place over time. So yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's like not to feel bad about things not plowing forward. It's like it's gonna take the settling in into yeah. a very incredible year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I noticed with the Scorpio Taurus eclipse now with this cycle so far is that on a mundane level, we're seeing immediate sort of manifestation. Um, Last November 2021, we had that uh, stampede at the astral world. And now we just got this with this eclipse, which is the same cycle, we just the the incident Korea happened. So we can see that these kind of instant manifestation in the world. But in people's Personal life, I find that there's like a bit of like not moving forward because it's Scorpio Taurus and it's so, so stubborn.
0: Right. <laughs> now that then we'll have a, the eclipse with this Uranus conjunct the moon, and that'll be a little firecracker up our butts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but but the, all of these planets are meeting saturn a few days after the eclipse again yeah. so we're we're seeing this kind of urge and restlessness and momentum to like really initiate new things and try new things and then saturn being like not quite yet you got to finish your homework yeah. you, know?
0: you got to do, do it where it's lasting change you know and yeah yeah, and yeah. patient yeah so so it is definitely a rough time like that
1: but but I do think that whatever is playing out now is gonna finally sort of really unfold in spring of 2023, and I guess that's uh, a lot of what we're gonna talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. dive in. So um, I what we're gonna talk about, uh, you guys, is that we're gonna talk about there's um, three outer planets changing signs. The nodes are changing. And the other major, um, so that's one, two, three, four, five little points that we're gonna make in this conversation. And then in the summer, we'll have um, Venus, even though that is a personal planet, it only happens every year and a half that she goes retrograde. So she's gonna go retrograde um, in, in, um, in July. So we'll start with, um, January, I know Mars will finish its retrograde and start moving forward, but the really, I think the one of the biggest, maybe the most combustible months, it would be March. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it's in a larger context, if we take a step back, we know that we've entered the air period, we know that there's major sort of societal, transitional things happening. Uh, it's harder to get work, it's harder to do the things the way we've always done. And we're kind of, until the end of this year, we're kind of in the rattling of this and wrestling with that new reality that's emerging. And I think that by the time we get to the spring, to the spring, that's really, you know, that's really when things are gonna start moving forward in terms of like, okay, this is totally new. I'm on new territory. Right now, we kind of still have a foot in the, in the comfort zone, maybe a little bit. and Mars retrograde and Gemini right now, you know, is kind of mirroring the range of possibilities. And I think a lot of people are kind of like extending themselves in a lot of different direction. Maybe this, maybe that, entertaining a lot of different options. And I think we're going to gain clarity a lot more, uh, you know, by the time March arrives. I don't know if I'm answering your
0: question. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's great I'm, you're right it's very important to consider mars in retrograde in gemini and um you know what i also think mist on a mystical because you are so i love how you delve into these deep existential and mystical planes of consciousness and you know when i think about gemini and telepathy and communication in other realms and mars being out of bounds in retrograde that's a huge amount that's where we could really cultivate some serious mojo with telepathic communication or otherworldly right when you think about gemini and the magician and magic and mercury and mars in in this mercury magic temple i love
1: that that's a that's a really great take specific especially that part of this retrograde mars square neptune
0: you know that's blending i yeah that's like the invitation like don't transcend this world this crazy world you know and and go no. deeper go into this other transcendent consciousness and you'll find you'll find your answers your solutions you'll find your direction the direction that we we're so bound by with mars you know re, re, i think of mars is like a compass the little arrow and it's like oh no let me let me change my direction well when we go into those mystical realms we're gonna see everything really differently
1: i i agree and that's part of the air period i do think like a lot more of that connectivity with others and and psychic occurrence and st- i'm seeing an, an increase of uh energy worker and psychic and all of that online which is again like very uh like instantaneous we can just see the interconnectedness and learn so quickly from each other so it's all very um like a current era type thing On a very lower level, I would say that Mars in Gemini retrograde is really this over squaring Neptune is people are so overwhelmed with the amount of information, you know, it's and we and Mars is also focused, like you're saying, it's an arrow. And there's this lack of focus a little bit when you're online. It's so easy to be like, I'm going to go look at my message. And then you're like an hour later, you're like, why did I come online? I can't remember. and and it can be really alienating because we are compelled because we're manipulated psychologically in these social media platform corporate social media platform so i do think people are seeking to transcend that reality to a certain extent but it's our way of socializing also um and so it's really hard to remove yourself entirely from that experience so i i like your take about maybe just taking it a, a step further And what does it mean, you know, not on this surface level experience, material experience, but deeper, like what could it bring to us? Yeah, I I like that.
0: Like when you think about the internet is like, you know, artificial intelligence and it's this internet connection, but what if we got rid of the technology part and just connected with our minds, you know, like create the real internet, like- It's
1: happening- Yeah. And I think it's happening. I, I mean, I have a lot of instances of that in my personal life. Um, I went to school, I, I trained with Lynn Buchanan, uh, remote viewing.
0: Oh, you did. Wow. Uh, yeah. A
1: little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, remote viewing is becoming kind of more of common knowledge. And what I'm realizing is that in a dream state, that's a lot of what we do already We're remote viewing. Mm. And I think, it, I think it's a natural muscle in human and then natural sense but it's just kind of atrophied. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I was playing card last night with friends and then we just played the game, like, guess the card. What card am I holding, you know? And I'm going to send it to you. And we were just so successful at it. So I love um,
0: that.
1: yeah, and I do think that the internet is just a metaphor for that interconnectedness that we have. And it's just being brought up and brought out, you know?
0: Mm, yeah, I love that. That would be a good thing to do is just practice with cards or whatever, you know, practice with your friends and connect with them in that way away from technology. It's a whole other thing. And I I would think too, being off grid, man, I mean, I'd spent three weeks in the Everglades once, many, many years ago, and it was incredible. Like the downloads you get when you're untied to all this tech and- But I'm tied here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm tied here anyway, that's the reality now is that you can be anywhere in the world and you're still connected, you know?
0: Yeah, but you got so, the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the city, the The one thing in the city is the the sensitivity to the world around you and the realities around you, especially when you have neighbor and stuff. There is, If you open yourself psychically, then you become a lot more susceptible to... If you don't have nature around you, then you become a lot more susceptible and it could be draining to... You know everything the business around that's one thing that's i that's one thing i have a really hard time when i go to the montreal or reintegrate in a city for a couple of weeks i'm
0: like oh my god like i'm just feeling everybody around <laughs> right. yeah and yeah that, and maybe that's something that's that I'd like to take that and lead into um, Saturn one the first in we talk about Mars here mm. with Saturn's ingress into Pisces and Pisces yep. representing that mystical transcendent realm I think that's something we're all going to have to well we're all going to take this journey right so two and a half years about is what Saturn spends in a sign so what do you think of the possibilities for that
1: well, okay. So when I think about Saturn all the time and entering a sign, I'm always like, what's the word <laughs> obviously because we're talking about Saturn, Saturn, Saturn <laughs> is, you know, sa- we love Saturn. Saturn brings a lot of um refinement and clarity in the long term, but usually the initial experience will be the negative kind of aspects of the sign it enters. Right. So so when Saturn entered Aquarius years ago we went into lockdown which is very um sort of typical for Saturn being on its home turf um you know it's just extremely strong so I was thinking about Saturn Pisces I was like what's the worst thing about Pisces and and the worst (laughs) confusion
0: right
1: confusion and really not being sure and and I so I was like maybe we're gonna have this kind of um overwhelmness of just not being sure because it already has started uh, this difficulty of discerning what is real what is not especially with our online experience and the information we consume and the news and what's happening in the world Um, there's deep fakes there's false news there's conspiracy theories and everybody's broadcasting their own realities and it becomes really hard to know actually what's the line except your own sort of truth so I do think that with that, with like, we're already kind of being initiated into the Saturn Pisces with this, you know, it's, it's never just something out of context. So I do think it's gonna bring more confusion in terms of what's real and what's not, um, you know, on a mundane level, probably like more virtual reality, more uh, Im- immersive experiences online, and less and less and this dissociation with maybe the material world a little bit more. So that would be the more exaggerated negative sort of interpretation I would make uh, with Saturn and Pisces. But as we know with Saturn, this process of refinement and clarification happens. So eventually that would probably lead to more clarity.
0: Right. and, and,
1: and, And more discernment.
0: Yeah. And it wants us to accomplish great things in, once we learn those lessons, they, exactly. there are, yeah, and then when we learn those lessons, then what happens? I think of also Saturn, like initiation by a spiritual master, and then like yeah. the doors open, oh, I got chills, the doors of perception open, and you're able to see, but you have to be responsible, right, it's going to demand accountability and responsibility, you don't mess around, you don't play with fire, you know, these realms have, a lot. like you were saying, there's a lot that goes on in those realms. And it's not always good neighborhoods. So we do have to be very discerning. You know, I think too, with Jupiter going, being um, back in Aries and it'll zip through Aries and go into Taurus um, in May, Jupiter and Taurus. But when it's in Aries, it could be like, we'll, we have to, it's saying, hey, look, we have to find what's true for ourselves. When you said earlier, it could be confusing. It'll be, what is my truth? And how do I connect personally to cosmic consciousness? And I think that'll help us with, yeah
1: yeah good point that's and that's what i've been saying about mars and currently in gemini mars and gemini until you know uh mid-march of 2023 is um because mars and gemini is about Gemini is about multiplicity um one of the sort of remedial measures returning to your own truth returning to your own center of focus you know so a lot can be said for all of the mutable sign uh, Sag, Gemini, uh, Virgo and Pisces so Saturn Pisces has the same flavor of dispersion and uh, disintegration and a lack of boundaries and more confusion so yeah like you said with Jupiter which is the rule of Pisces in Aries, that could be a lot about just your own inner truth um, outside of the theater of the media and the information and social media. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have to really hone that knowing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then with Jupiter in Taurus, again, more embodiment and what is embodiment. When I think of Saturn Pisces, especially for the young generation because Saturn Pisces people will have their Saturn return now at the younger generation which I've been consulting for with for a few years and one of the characteristics I noticed from that young generation they don't they're not sure they're not they're not really sure of things they're confused a little bit about what's true what what is that one I don't know they there's a lot of doubt and I was thinking like you know, like a 14, 15 year old now, uh, their experience is probably mostly online, they play video game with virtual reality with headset with other people. And so the boundary between like actually like doing the dishes versus like being immersed in a video game, right? it, it kind of becomes like all seamless. And I I'm born pre-internet. You are too. So we know the world before internet. It's easier for us to make the distinction. But for the younger generation, can they really make the distinction?
0: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, that's and, that's really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna see that later in the cycle of Saturn uh, in Pisces once it gets to uh, Neptune. Obviously, I think that's kind of gonna be the crucible of the, that transit. But yes. that's not that's not before uh until 2024
0: yeah yeah that'll be the following year's conversation but it's yeah all this leading up leading up and then of course all right so that's saturn and pisces and then march 23rd uh, the other big blast is you know pluto entering pluto entering the sign of aquarius where it's going to spend the next 20 years so huge when it was in capricorn it was what 15 years And each sign, it's a little bit different length, but um, you know, 20 years, it's a whole generation. That's huge.
1: And uh, and when we talk about Aquarius, once again, I think we have been initiated into the air period officially, you know, two years ago and with the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius and Saturn-Aquarius. So we know artificial intelligence, all of these aspects of modern technologies maybe accelerating extremely fast that's one of my speculation um you know what what's your opinion on Pluto and yeah Aquarius?
0: when you're saying acceleration Pluto Pluto does not do things lightly it's this deep obsession you know and uh, yep. where the danger is being consumed completely consumed by Aquarian you know like you think of those people with the goggles those virtual reality goggles and like that all they see is this artificial world. It's like, oh my God. And then they get addicted to that. And like, you know, they they lose themselves in that. So losing yourself was the danger part of it um, with Pluto and Aquarius. But the, the other, the, another piece of it I see is with um, the, um, Sean Nygaard did a great talk for a Chudas speaker series uh, last year when I was in Nightlight and he he talked about Pluto and Aquarius and he said how the center cannot hold. And and he talked about how King Louis XIV and the French Revolution, the center was of course the nobles and the the, the nobility. And then when that collapsed, it was in Pluto and Aquarius, the, the outsiders become the insiders
1: yeah that's true yes 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 because there is uh, this this amount aquarium is for the people so right so they
0: literally stormed the palace right all the mobs you know you think about the mobs of people that were smashing the mirrors of versailles and you know you can imagine this this you know melee but it's like this yeah people are like sick and tired of power the plutop- plutocracy you know it's like uh-huh. it's yeah gone, You know, time frame. yeah
1: i forget about that but that's true because we're talking about the opposite of leo we're talking about the opposite of um what is it nobility and royalty and we're already seeing this as soon as yeah when the queen passed uh i remember a uh, few astrologers were making comments of like okay this is the introduction of pluto and aquarius like it, be- and so it begins where we're dismantling this hierarchical thing, which already been happening. But yeah, that's true that with Pluto and Aquarius, that's going to be definitely uh, a more of a horizontal structure as opposed to vertical, Mm -hmm. definitely. But then, yeah, I I guess when I'm thinking about Pluto and Aquarius and I'm looking at technology, I was watching, I don't know if you know David Suzuki, but he's like a... Uh, nature uh, researcher, scientist here in Canada, and he has this show called The Nature of Thing, which is accessible on internet and stuff, but he did one episode on technology, and he was saying, obviously, everything accelerates very quickly, and in the next decade, that we can't even imagine how fast technology is going to evolve. And I'm just looking at the last 10 years. I didn't even have a cell phone in 2011, wow i didn't i mean i didn't need one really i had like maybe a flip phone i was sharing with my partner but and now like 10 years later i'm working online i'm constantly plugged in our even our phone technology like we have these little videos and um i think there's more space on my phone than on my computer so just in the last 10 years technology went really fast so there it is yeah like so uh moneyless money less experience all of these things I think is already being implemented so that's what I think of when I think of Pluto and Aquarius but in another sense it does give more power to the people also
0: claiming our power yeah like we're we're the kings of, of and queens of our own existence we, we don't it's not this external king that we're like paying homage to like Louis Fourteenth. and it's yeah metaphorically it's like the power is within us I also think about Aquarian energy. I always associate it with Kundalini rising, the light body, the nervous system, the light body. So this this this, this chapter of history with Pluto's entrance into Aquarius is that we are completely we reinvent ourselves. We completely fully reinvent ourselves. Well, you want to go the put on goggles and go into Zuckerberg's metaverse? I mean, you know, that's (laughs) the choice. Or (laughs) plan B. (laughs) You know, know, how do you want to die, you know, in In the metaverse. In the metaverse. Cause of death metaverse. (laughs) Well, we are
1: talking about Pluto and Pluto. Yeah, it is
0: Pluto. Right. Pluto takes no prisoners. But it, it's the it's the reinvention, the reprogramming of the light body of of you know getting stepping into our power with our physically our light and considering um just just that whole notion of of uh, this huge paradigm shift reprogramming the light body kundalini rising. Um, I just the future Aquarius right it's the future and how do we want to reprogram ourselves and what needs to die so that we can have this um, opportunity
1: yeah I it, there's something so paradoxical about Aquarius in traditional astrology Aquarius's role by Saturn you know um, and I do I did this research uh, last year where a lot of politicians, because we know Aquarian people are very idealistic and they want to bring change to society, and a lot of the Aquarian politicians were actually conservative, which kind of like speaks for the Saturnian side, but in modern astrology, Uranus rules the sign of Aquarius, and so in pop culture, we always attribute Aquarius to great invention and you know tesla and all of that and it is very paradoxical and i think both are true um how about what do you think of time and our awareness of time and quantum physics may be accelerating
0: oh yeah because saturn rules time
1: and but we're um, talking about this sort of high it's not saturn and capricorn uh, it's not saturn aquarius now we're talking about pluto which comes and destroy Pluto is really this this process of, you know, of change that is done through, like, destruction, basically. Um, and we're seeing with Pluto and Capricorn, the destruction of the old hierarchical structure and the old capitalist model, just not sustainable. So Pluto and Aquarius could bring this sort of new awareness around time, and how time is actually a lot more flexible and less linear than we're actually thinking.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, because you were talking about light body and things like that. And I've been playing around a lot just with my consciousness in terms of like trying to stretch time or view time differently and stuff. Obviously, the process of t- material reality, time and decay still exists. But what if, what if time was... So- we know Theoretically, that time is a lot more malleable. Uh, science is proving it. So, what if the technologies in the next twenty years of Pluto and Aquarius really brings that to the forefront?
0: The time machine, HG Wells. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> yeah, that <I> just flashed. <laughs>
1: yeah, but when you said Pluto and Aquarius, all I see is a science fiction cover. Like I can't help but seeing. You know, there's something very science fiction about Pluto and Aquarius. We're here.
0: You know. Yeah, or is that? I know with um, yeah, like science. Um, Steven Spielberg once said, um, "Science fiction." Uh, he, when he talked about Jurassic Park, actually, um, he said, "That's not science fiction. That's science eventuality." And yeah. that's 1993. So we're in the Saturn Return of that movie. Um, but yeah, and it's like um, the event. Well, of course, it, genetic engineering with the you know the dinosaurs. We saw uh, how that has unfolded over this year, over these years, but this. So, what could be eventual a really positive outcome of that is the eventuality that we we do uh, claim this. Uh, we we it, we destroy the old the, the the old structures and we we come from the future. You think about Aquarian. It's building a structure from the future into the now, like a future of yep. life progression. you know how do you want your life to look and what do you need to do and what do you need to drop and what needs to die in order to have this really powerful future and where we are we are sovereign beings? this is obviously you know not an everyday conversation, but hey, you know, you're on this set. this is why I love you so much, you know <laughs> this, <laughs> but there's overview. something
1: but it's true, there's something utopian about Aquarius there's this utopian uh, civilization. And I've seen people talking about this, the new, uh, what is it called? Like um, there's a lot about the galactic center online and people Mm. coming from different parts of the galaxy and the new consciousness. I've seen even a few astrologers, uh, Pamela, um, she's a British astrologer, Pam Gregory, even speaking about that, like vibrating to the dimension as opposed to the there's this 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 trend right now about like even just vibration vibrating to a higher frequency so you're not in this lower awareness state density state which is also very fundamental principle in spirituality meditation mantras you know just a different way of talking about the same things yeah 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 but but yeah, like when you speak of uh, this kind of new, uh, new human or human visiting from the future, or ourselves speaking to ourselves in the future, or different things like that, that's all very Aquarian. That's why I was saying science fiction. There's, it's very utopian.
0: Yeah, I love that part of Aquarian. Like
1: that's that's who I am. Utopian. Let's all share.
0: <laughs> We're all yeah. stars.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so yes. But because I'm such a sat- Saturn heavy person, I have to say that the danger of the Saturn or the Aquarian utopia is also um, what we're seeing with transhumanism yes. and people wanting this ag- this rigid agenda for humanity, which is really self-serving, but they're kind of coming as like doing this for the greater good but imposing it on the world
0: right that's the shadow of
1: it. which this shadow of aquarius yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so we just, we, we beware of these things be, um, be,
1: yeah be mindful of that for sure yeah
0: so um just i know it's hard to leave a, a pluto conversation and go oh no we are going to talk about jupiter and taurus it's like oh well
1: woo. <laughs> yeah smaller smaller transit in the year next year but I think it's going to be a, personally I'm very happy to see Jupiter going in Taurus so I don't know how you feel about that personally but I'm happy
0: for it where it's showing up in my houses but
1: yeah yeah, well same here um yeah so we're just finishing Jupiter in Pisces now Jupiter will re-enter Aries at the end of 2022 and then Jupiter <laughs> enters Taurus in May
0: Right. So this is going to speed its way in from, speed, yeah. from late December. It'll enter whats it? Z- uh, zero Aries around right after Christmas. And then it'll just speed right through. No more retrogrades in Aries. Boom. May. May 16th. Yeah. yeah
1: so we're ge- we have four and a half months to start 2023 with Jupiter and Aries. And then the rest of the year will be Jupiter and Taurus.
0: Yeah. And that's, a, that's about a one-year transit. Um, happens about every 12 years so you know again anywhere in your chart where you have Taurus you know here comes Jupiter again and we look back around 12 years and we can find um, you know what expands you know Jupiter's about expansion and luck and opportunity and you know on a spiritual level divine grace Um, you know what is what is my truth regarding Uh, Well, Taurus things, my possessions, my money, what, what, uh, you know, the things that are important to me, my talents, my self-esteem. I think it could certainly literally boost one's self-esteem, depending on, you know, where our the condition of our Venus. But um, yeah,
1: and I think uh, it's going to continue doing the job of Uranus. And as we know, the North Node has been transiting here in Taurus for, you know, it's going to be two years by then almost so in a way it's not it's a continuing story on that on the taurus axis continuing what the north node and uranus is bringing which I think is kind of returning to more simple ways of doing things, returning to simple eating, this awareness of like how food is toxic, (laughs) like modified food is is really problematic. So people are looking to simplify making their bread, having small garden, being more self-sufficient. That's all very
0: a uh, huge jump in, you know, growing your own food. I would think too. Yeah. Yeah. which was
1: which was brought i think with the lockdown there was like a huge um i know in canada here like a huge sort of compel. people were compelled to uh to make their bread and start plants indoors and then transplant outside and have their garden and that is all very Taurus and I think Jupiter and Taurus is just going to continue that business
0: build that um,
1: up yeah yeah like people um you know wanting to be self sufficient wanting to generate their own electricity because we're talking about Uranus and Taurus and Uranus is going to be in Taurus still while Jupiter is there so it's it's going to be that's where the that's where the action or the growth or the compelling is happening and we're talking Taurus is about security feeling safe feeling rooted
0: Yes, yes. And maybe when, when Uranus and Jupiter, Jupiter and Uranus won't hook up until 2024, but maybe there's some seeds planted. I'm just wondering out loud right now with these, with this eclipse, with these eclipses where, um, you know, with Venus, you know, ruling this lunar eclipse, and and maybe there'll be some kind of uh, expansion of some idea that happens that would might show up and play out when jupiter meets up with uranus because the moon's meeting up with uranus on november 8th the eclipse so so therefore so when jupiter meets up with uranus wow that that might be really bringing that out big big time
1: totally yeah yeah that's true and that's why i like to kind of contextualize always take a step back because these these ingress of planets and transit they're always there's always bigger context you know and so as we see the north node and taurus north node being very compelling and a lot of momentum in that direction it's not necessarily that it's better or more positive positive but it's just that's where the momentum is happening and taurus has a lot to do with stabilizing simplifying and and really listening to the intuition of the body and we see people getting back into traditional chinese medicine and through the breath and embodiment and mindfulness, that's all very in the Taurus rhythm, which is natural rhythm and not
0: society's rhythm. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the nodes, yeah, we're going to, next. We, we July we have July seventeenth. The nodes are going to shift into um, Aquarius, Aquarius. Aries. So they go backwards. As, as for those of you who are, you know, kind of new to all this. Uh, nodes go backwards so they're going to enter 29 degrees 59 minutes so the north node will be in uh, Aries and no wait wait, 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 yeah yeah north north node yeah (laughs) I'm always flipping things north node in Aries and the south node will be in Libra and then it'll slowly move their way back and of course that means the eclipses are going to start happening in they will shift from Taurus and Scorpio we'll have another well, uh, it, the first one will peak in in next uh, April. We'll have 29 degrees um, of uh, Aries, uh, the solar eclipse, and the nodes would, will still be in the Taurus-Scorpio axis. And sometimes there is that overlap with eclipses. The nodes don't won't catch up into that sign until the summer, but we're gonna have our first taste of this axis with the solar eclipse, 29 degrees in um, revolution and consciousness why do I say that? I when I looked and saw the the. Do you know that the American Revolution started at twenty nine aries?
1: No, I oh no, of, I didn't know yeah, that.
0: like the Battle of uh, the What was it? Fort Sumter, whatever that. Con- Concord and Lex- Lexington and Concord, I think. Yeah. So I'm like twenty nine degrees. So okay, I'm not going to say we're going to go to war, but it's a war of consciousness, and it's it's this. We have a lot of work on the inner to do. <laughs> So, yeah, I just wanted to.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, this cycle. Um, I really enjoyed Jupiter and Aries. I thought it was extremely refreshing, personally. Um, the, the return to individuality, the return to self-agency, the return to personal power. Um, courage
0: and drive. Courage,
1: really yeah. Cool. And and because Jupiter is in Aries until May, um you know, I think Jupiter in Aries is laying the ground for these eclipses also. So, yes, ecl- yes, it ecl-
0: will.
1: Eclipse in uh, eclipse cycle in the signs lasts for a year and a half. So then we begin a year and a half of. And I do think, you know, it's interesting that we see always uh, planets squaring the nodal axis. And uh, So there's always these push and pull everything is not just moving in one direction we see this kind of like tug between the past and the future so as astrologer we kind of have this synthesis of that but and it's hard to break it down but interestingly pluto and aquarius bring this aquarian like momentum of um community or you know the the human community while the North Node eclipses in Aries will bring way more individual sort of momentum. And so, yes, I do think that that might bring war and confrontation and things like that, because we're going to have this group saying we're doing this for everybody. And then we're going to and it's already started. And then we're going to have people who are like, yeah, but, you know, what about the individual? Um. For example the healthcare system let's let's say that the healthcare system is a lot it's an aquarian idea that ev- like in Canada here that the healthcare system is universal everybody has access to it but it's extremely problematic and people who have money go to private anyway right. and if you want if you want an appointment at the hospital it could take months so it's <laughs> free in this aquarian principle but on an With individual level yeah, yeah. And so at some point, the reality catches up with the individual and the the individual is like, hey, like, this is not fair. And so I think the North Node area is going to be a lot of that.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And Pluto is going to be, I didn't add this on, but Pluto is going to be squaring the nodes for a little bit. Um, you know, for the first
1: half of the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first half. So that that's definitely a lot of deep systemic change. And talk about you know detox another <laughs> round of um yeah so that's the nodes and then the the final thing i wanted to talk about today was just that it's, and it, it seems as light as a feather it seems compared to all the heavy talk here but hey you know it's important it's in it's a major transit venus going into leo and it'll be conjunct it will um go in at july 22nd and it's at 28 degrees leo which is very close to uh, regulus Regulus is now at zero Virgo. It is. It it has gone into zero. When about maybe ten years ago, I think it went from two thousand years right in one sign, in one, um, in one sign, and it went from twenty nine Leo to zero Virgo. So Regulus, being the one of the major royal stars, it's a huge star in astro magic. Um, When you think about Regulus, the, the the ruler, the king, so. It's interesting because here's monarchy, and we're driven to be in service with our with our vitality, our vitality, and our vital life source. It's like giving it, being in service with it, and um, so that would be a nice highlight. Maybe it'll it'll I, I think it'll be a, an interesting coloration to this Venus transit. What do you, What do you feel about that?
1: yeah i mean venus is my girl i have to say Yay. <laughs> uh, and i don't think it's that small in comparison because venus and it ties into what's happening now right uh, it ties into the cycle of venus just finishing up now and being eclipsed and combust with the sun just at the end of september and finishing a big uh like part of her bigger cycle Uh, of conjunction happening in scorpio trends and now she will start to have that happening in libra um so i do think it ties in because we just had the sun venus uh kazimi happening and so the next one will happen during her retrograde cycle in August. So I think, again, it ties into not exactly the same way as now, but it does kind of tie, tie into her cycle. And Venus has a lot to do with our experience, like our immediate experience, because it's what we value. Um, it's how we value ourselves, and it's what we attribute worth to. And that's also shifting majorly uh, that we want it or not. It is shifting majorly in the reality of what's happening culturally in our personal life. Um, as we have seen with Venus being eclipsed in Scorpio and just disappearing. Right. So, so, you know, we're talking about a big societal shift, but these societal shifts affect the individual and it affects what we want. Yes. What we want. And that's, that's Venus. So I, I think it's, super important and so you know in july venus uh in leo um it's gonna be yeah i mean i'm i'm a venus and leo person so in a way i guess i could say that venus and leo wants to have fun oh yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's a fire sign and so it's it's a little bit about just like pleasure and playfulness and joy um so Uh, we might need more of that, you know, and it might be an expression of how can we reintegrate more pleasure and joy and not just work and hustle. And because we get caught up in in this grind that is going faster and faster and faster. And again, everything that's happening in Taurus with the natural rhythm, I was talking about Jupiter and Taurus and this sort of, whoa, I think it has something to do with artificial intelligence replacing human. And we're trying to keep the speed, (laughs) our... Us humans are trying to keep the pace of things with artificial intelligence and absorbing so much information, we can't compute. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to just whoa, slow down a little bit and be like, hey, like, am I allowed to just go have a picnic? You know, exactly. Can I just go, like, can I just go have a picnic and ride my bicycle?
0: Yeah. Can just um, go to the movies and have some fun? <laughs> yeah. A little we'll lighthearted like, and <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So I do think like by and uh, we're not, you know, as astrologers, we know we're in the we're in a state of transition. These next few few years are very transitional. And it's everything is in a state of flux. We're re re-evalu- reevaluating what we love, what we want to do, our relationship mm-hmm. to money is changing material reality and all of that. So I think that Venus retrograde is going to be important on an individual level, for sure.
0: Us, yeah, uh, it's a great how you tied that all in. Thank you. That is really great. Yeah. So this is this is our opening salvo of the conversation for 2023. I'm, we've, I feel I'm really grateful to you for helping us to see, you know, this big picture and what the kind of general energies. And then, of course, we'll get as we move through this, we'll drill down and get more granular with all of that but
1: i love talking to you thanks thanks for having me it's always good chatting
0: yeah yeah great so remember everybody it's um the link is below ninth house www.ninthhouseastrology.com is how and where you can contact lod and um, also catch her, um, the, the monthly horoscopes on time passages, right? Isn't that? Astro- astrograph website. Yep. Astrograph, the astrograph.com yep. website. Yeah. Great stuff. I mean, just, yeah. So yay. Thanks
1: so much. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, uh, yeah I would love to catch I would love to catch up with you halfway through the next year to see to have a little uh
0: yeah we have, we'll have to. hopefully not that long we'll do another yeah. second and like how are you doing there <laughs> yeah it's really it's always a joy to talk to you Elodie I so appreciate you so okay yeah that's all for today and um I hope everybody has a great um you know planning and, and let these, hopefully this conversation will give you lots of empowerment and lots of good juice for, you know, how we can be inspired by these transits. So, um, okay, everyone. Well, until next time, this is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Namaste. Bye.